0: So as we've uh, already discussed, we're going to talk about temptation today. We're following uh, O.S. Hawkins' book, The 52 Verses, The Joshua Code, 52 Verses, Every Believer Should Know. And I'll say again, if you want to know where we're going over the next uh, year, um, you can get the book on Kindle for two bucks, and uh, you can see where we've been and, and see where we're going. So... We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 this morning, if you want to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And, and I realize temptation is everywhere around us. It's everywhere. It's, uh, you know, I am, I am still shocked when I watch a, a TV show these days, it's stuff that used to be only R-rated movies, you know, in a regular TV show. I'm just, I'm shocked. But that's what the world looks like apart from God, isn't it? I mean, it really shouldn't surprise us because that's what the world looks like apart from God. And the problem is not the TV shows, it's not the movies, it's not the books, it's not the magazines. The problem is we have a monster inside us. We need our nature to be changed because we have a, a nature so bent towards sin that we are going to be tempted and we are going to sin. And so we, uh, so we have to realize the monster's not in the TV or the books or the, or the movie theater. The monster's in us. And we need to fix this problem in us. Our problem is within. And so we need the fix that's within. That is why Christ came. If it was just about a list of stuff not to do, then Jesus didn't need to die on a cross, did he? He came to give us new life. He came to to make us new and different. And so, that's why we need Christ. And so we can be different. We can change our nature by taking on Christ's. There's a There's an old saying, I guess, and you may hear it a few times today. You can stand in the dark and curse the darkness, or you can turn on the light. And I can tell you, uh, it's your choice, but I can tell you which one works. Turn on the light. So let's uh, let's read these verses. Now, as usual, I'm adding just a little bit of context to what Hawkins' book does. He focuses in on, on verse 13. I'm gonna focus in a little bit more on 12 and 13, and we're gonna talk about the context as well because it's important. So, and, and then we're going to do this in the way that we've been studying all, all, uh, so far this year. We're gonna look at it in, in what does this say about God? Then what does this say about me? And then what do I need to do now that I know this about God and myself? And then we'll look at it phrase by phrase, and then we will look for the comfort and for the challenge that we find all through Scripture. So we'll do that in, in the study tips that I've been teaching you since the beginning of the year. So let's, uh, let's read these verses. First Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. It, it is up here behind me. So whoever thinks he stands must be careful not to fall. No temptation has come upon you except what is common to humanity. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way out so that you may be able to bear it. So let's talk first about context. It's important to any time, and it's important this week because it's about the Exodus. (laughs) See my smiley face? (laughs) Those of you who, uh, who have been here a while know I think a lot of the exodus event. uh, It it is the pattern of redemption set for the entire Bible. Everything we know about redemption in the New Testament is based upon what we learn about redemption in the exodus event, so it's big to me. But Paul's talking about it, not me. From the beginning of chapter 10, he starts talking about the, the exodus event. He's retelling some of the stories of the exodus event. And they're important to the context because he, he talks about here how they had been following God in the pillar of cloud and fire. And then they had watched God bring them through the Red Sea. And then they sinned. Now, what does that tell us for today? That tells us we can be Christian, we can know Christ, and we can be baptized. And we still are going to face temptation. We are still going to face the temptation to sin. And we are still going to give in to it at times. So it's imp- you see how important this context is. These folks were rescued by God and still fell to temptation. We will too. So I, the context is important because it places all of these verses into... See, here's our problem... We think because we're Christian, we won't be tempted. And that's really what verse 12 is about. Be careful how you stand so you don't fall. If you think you're above temptation because you know Christ, you are living in your own strength. And where you live in your own strength is where you will fall. You will fall. It isn't a maybe you will fall if you are living in your own strength. We, uh, we see this, uh, how many times have you seen over the, over the course of the last, say, 10 years, religious leaders falling in the area of integrity because they were, they, the, integrity is a big deal in the ministry. And so they had that as a strength and that's where they fell because they were standing in their own strength, not in the strength. That God provides. So this context tells us that it's possible for the Christian to sin. It's possible for the Christian to be tempted. And it shows us the consequences of sin. Because these folks, and if you just read the the first few verses of, of chapter 10 here, you'll see that there was immediate consequence to the sin. There are consequences to sin earthly consequences, things that happen here because we sin. We're not above those because we're Christian. So again, that's why it says, whoever thinks he can stand must be careful not to fall because in this context, the people of the Exodus thought they were above temptation. They were following a a pillar of cloud and fire. They had had walked through the, the Red Sea on dry land. They had seen God at work and then they fall. We can do the same. We are not above temptation. We are not immune to temptation. We still will be tempted. I think we also have to understand, we think of temptation, and we think of it coming in our weaknesses. And frankly, it'll come in your strengths, because in your strengths is where you will tend to stand in your own strength instead of the power of Christ. And so as you're standing in your own strength, this is not a problem area for me, so I can stand this. God, I've got this one. And that's where you're going to fall. So we must be careful about how we stand, because we will fall. So you can see that the, the, the context is important here. So... Tell us, what does this tell us about God? What does this say about God? The first thing that I would point out here is it says God is faithful. Now, understand that his faithfulness is not based upon our faithfulness. He is the covenant-keeping God. If, anything in the old, if there's any lesson in the Old Testament, it's this, that God keeps the covenant even when his people don't. So, God is faithful, not because of your faithfulness, but because of His faithfulness. It tells us God is faithful. It tells us that even in temptation, He's faithful to us. Faithful to us. Let that sink in. God is faithful to us. Even in temptation. Because it says, That he stays with us in temptation here. It says that he's faithful and provides a way out. His faithfulness is the basis of him staying with us. And it's never based on our faithfulness. So it doesn't matter how many times this temptation has come and you've fallen. He is still faithful. He is still faithful to you. His faithfulness. Faithfulness. Now it also says, "God knows our limitations." God knows our limitations. That's a good. That's a good. A, a, a good thing too. That's a, That's good information. He knows how far I. I will be tempted by what temptation. He knows this about you, and so he can provide a way out. He can provide a, an escape plan because he knows your temptations. He knows your limitations. I'll say again, Christ overcame sin. He he overcame the power of sin. He didn't just pay the price for sin. He overcame the power of sin in His resurrection. So, you can either stand in the dark and curse the darkness or you can turn on the light. You can lean into the power that overcomes sin. The power where we already have victory. We have victory over sin in the power of Christ. Not in our own strength. In His. We must remain in Christ in order to have that power. It also tells us that God will give us a way out. He provides a way of escape. We usually are not looking for that. We are usually pretty well focused on the temptation, aren't we? We're pretty well dialed in on what's tempting us. If we shift our focus to Christ, we will see the way of escape. We will see that, that what does, temptation doesn't have to lead to sin. Temptation can lead to prayer and praise. Temptation can lead, can lead to a closer walk with Christ. It doesn't have to lead to sin. We have a choice to make. And that choice is turn on the light. Don't stand in the dark cursing the darkness. Turn on the light. Lean into the power of Christ. Now, this, these verses also tell us that God does not consider temptation to be sin. Sin is sin. And we've seen again and again and again that God hates sin. But these verses say God stays with us through our temptation. So God, God does not see temptation as sin. It leads to sin, but temptation is not sin in and of itself. We need to be leaning into Christ and looking for the escape. So what's it say about us? Well, it says the temptation you feel you, is not just you. It's not actually all about you. I'm sorry to to be the one delivering that message. But it's not actually all about you. And, And this is important because sometimes it feels that way. Sometimes it feels like I am the only target of the enemy. He's got nothing else to do except bug me. Sometimes it feels that way. And these verses tell us, it's common to humanity. Everybody feels temptation. Everybody feels the temptations you feel. Even Jesus was tempted, but did not sin. Hebrews 4.15 tells us that he was tempted in every way that we are, yet without sin. So, the, the, your temptation is not, is not uh, unique to you. All of us face temptation. And this says we can bear temptation. We can bear it because we can lean into Christ. We can turn on the light and we can look for the escape. There is an escape, it's promised here. So we can can turn on the light and look for the escape. So, what do we need to do? Well, that's actually pretty simple turn on the light. We need to lean into the power of Christ and away from the darkness. We need to quit focusing on the temptation and start focusing on the Christ who overcame sin, on the power that we have in Him. We just need to shift our eyes. The old hymn says, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim." In the light of His glory and grace, we need to. Uh, it's as simple as turning our focus onto Christ, off of the temptation. We can't get dialed in to how we're being tempted. We can't get dialed in to the to the sin that the temptation is going to cause. We have to get dialed in to Christ, because then we'll see the way out. Then we'll see we have power over. Sin. So let's look at this kind of phrase by phrase. No temptation has come upon you that is not common to humanity. Come upon you is literally to be overtaken by something, to be seized by something. Who's in control? Are you in control? Is the enemy in control? Or is Christ in control? Because if it's not Christ, you are. You, be careful how you stand. It must be the power of Christ that you stand in. It must be. If you're standing in your own strength, in any character issue areas, those will be the places you fall. You must stand in the power we have in Christ. And it also, as I said earlier, it says that temptation is common to humanity, it's common to everybody, your neighbors, your parents, your, your kids, your uncle and aunt, everybody in this room is tempted, everybody. You are not the sole focus of the enemy. Everyone faces temptation, but not everyone gives in. And how do those who don't give in, how do they do that? They lean into the power of Christ. They look to the one who overcame sin, not the sin. They don't stand in the dark and curse the darkness. They turn on the light. So the next phrase, but God is faithful. The best part of this verse, in my view, but God is faithful He is never the source of temptation. James 1 tells us that. Never the source of temptation. But He is always the solution to temptation. Always. His faithfulness. It does not matter how many times today you fell to the temptation, He is still faithful and willing to empower you to get over the temptation, to not sin, and to give you an escape. It's his faithfulness, not yours, that it's based on. His faithfulness. He is faithful. And he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Our enemy knows our limitations. Satan knows what it takes to tempt you. But so does God. And so in his power... We can overcome. We can overcome. As a matter of fact, we are already overcomers. We already have victory in Christ. We don't need to give in. Our enemy knows our our limitations. He knows our weaknesses. But so does our God. So we just lean into God. He is always the solution to temptation. Always. But the tempt but with temptation he will provide a way out. You know, I uh, I've said this before, but I kind of chuckle. If you picture in your mind the right between right and the line, I'm sorry, the line between right and wrong, the line between good and evil, and you see yourself standing on, on the side of the good, do you see yourself right next to the line? I think we usually picture ourselves, there's the line, here we are, that's evil. Why are we so close to the line? (laughs) Why is the line even visible from where we are? We should be running the other way. How many times does the Bible say, flee from sin? Flee from the devil. We always see ourselves as way too close. Get away from the edge. There's no reason to be in a, in, in a situation that, gives, that that causes you temptation. There's just no reason to stay there. Get away. You know, Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, Narcotics Anonymous, I, I had the, uh, the privilege early in my ministry to lead some Bible studies for these guys, for some of these guys in a group home there in Tempe. And one of the things that I, that I learned very early that I wish every Christian would, could figure out, is they don't just stop drinking and doing drugs. They become a non-drinker or a non-drug user. They become somebody who doesn't do that. That's how AA works, is you become somebody who doesn't do that. Why aren't Christians that way? Why don't we become somebody that doesn't do that? That's what's meant to be. We have been, Christ came and died on a cross and rose from the dead to give us a new nature, to give us power over sin. Why are we next to the line and why are we not somebody different? You've heard me say it again and again and again from this platform. Being before doing is, all, is, is always the way it is with God. Being before doing. So when we look at the list of things that we should be doing, It's about being first. We be somebody, then we do. It's the same with sin and temptation. We be somebody that that doesn't do that. It's about being somebody different. And And I'll remind you of verse 12. Be careful how you stand. Because if you're standing in your own strength, you will fall. Our enemy is good at his job. And he will push every limit you place on yourself. He will push every time. Don't stand in the dark, cursing the darkness. Turn on the light. Focus not on the temptation, not on the sin, Focus on Christ, because in Him we have power over sin. In Him, temptation never becomes sin. So what's the comfort and the challenge of these verses? The comfort? God's faithfulness. He is always faithful, even when you and I are not. He is the covenant-keeping God. He is faithful to us even when we're not faithful to him. So it doesn't matter how many times you've fallen to a temptation before, today can be different because he is faithful. And the, the challenge, get your eyes off of the temptation and off of the sin and on the Christ. Look for the way out that he's providing. Seek his face. You know, you. We just sang a song, Lord, I need you. Part of it says, "Let your song rise when I'm in temptation. Let your song rise when I'm in temptation." How do you think your temptation would go if you just start suddenly started singing a praise song when you felt tempted? Wouldn't that shift your focus? Wouldn't that make temptation kind of a weird thing? It would would crush temptation to focus on Christ and that's exactly what we must do. Don't stand in the dark and curse the darkness. Turn on the light. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads. I know, because of this verse, I know temptation is everywhere. And I know that each of us are facing it in, a, in a, some area of our life. Will you right now turn to Christ in that temptation? Will you right now turn to the power that overcomes sin? Maybe you need to, to take a step of faith toward Christ today. Maybe you're, you're not sure what, the, how, what this power of Christ feels like. What, what is that? It's what we have when we know Christ is our Lord and Savior. And so maybe you need to take that step this morning. You can, in a simple prayer, you can simply say, God, I know that I have sin in my life. I've done things wrong. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. But I trust that Jesus died on the cross to pay my price for sin. He paid the price I owe on that cross. And he rose again to give me new life. And so I want to live this new life in the power of Christ. If you prayed that prayer for the first time today, you need to let somebody know. Come and let me know. Maybe you, you know Christ, but like the people of the Exodus... You've followed God. You've been baptized, but you've still fallen. Will you right now make a commitment between you and God to turn to him and look for his way out? Father, we thank you for these verses. We thank you, Father, for, the, for giving us the instruction of those who have gone before us that we might know the consequences of sin, that we might understand that we can even be yours in following you and still fall. But we thank you most of all for your faithfulness. Your faithfulness to us is what keeps us yours. Forgive us and cleanse us this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. This is Pastor Jim from Porter Mountain Fellowship. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. These are sermons from our 1030 a.m. service on Sundays. If you're in the neighborhood, stop by. We're on the corner of Porter Mountain Road and Commerce Drive in beautiful Lakeside, Arizona.